0: We have a oh, I was going to save this for later, but now I just can't. I'm, I just can't. Y'all, CNN has a new advertisement up. They released it online, uh, and they're releasing it to the world. Let's see if I can bring up this. This is just. Uh, I'm. It. It actually kind of makes me mad. Um. This is an apple. Some people might try to tell you that it's a banana. They might scream banana, banana, banana over and over and over again. They might put banana in all caps. You might even start to believe that this is a banana. But it's not. This is an apple. Facts first, CNN says. Uh, CNN headline Trans man talks about breastfeeding after giving birth to child. Really CNN facts first. This is a man. Some people might try to tell you it's a woman, but it's a man. They might tell you it's a woman. It's a woman. It's a woman. You bigot. And you might decide it is a woman, but it's still a man. Or there's the bump stock. CNN shows the picture of the rifle. I'm sorry, assault rifle. And shows a picture of a bump stock, except it's not a bump stock. It's just the standard stock of a gun. Or, you know, they show you the, the, the who was it? It was the Huffington Post reporter who showed the earplugs on the on the ground in Missouri. He said, I think these are rubber bullets. Uh, and, and CNN picked that up and ran. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, maybe they should be less sanctimonious about it, uh, given some of the stories they have pushed. Or, I mean, let's not forget the Mitt Romney getting lectured by Candy Crowley in the debate on Benghazi stuff, or the uh, Mario Cuomo saying that that it was, while it was illegal for citizens to look at WikiLeaks emails, that the media was allowed a special protection that did not apply to anyone else under the law. Seriously. Oh, CNN. You, You know, listen, I agree with them that we are in a day and age where people are just making stuff up and they're demanding that we give it the, the, the designation truth that we treat it as fact when it's not. But CNN is also culpable. CNN is also one of the organizations that has done this sort of stuff. Let's not forget the James Comey testimony that had to be retracted by CNN. Um, if they're going to if they're going to run something like this, that they need to to not delve into some of this other nonsense, like like the genderism stuff. There is no scientific evidence for that transgenderism is anything other than a mental issue, and yet CNN is all on board. It's just deeply frustrating to see an organization, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for CNN. I, I like CNN a lot, and for them to go down this road when they, just on, on the gun issue, the transgenderism issue, or even covering the president, oftentimes make editorial statements that they claim are true when they're not, and they've got to be retracted, or they don't even bother retracting particularly on the gun stuff or the transgenderism stuff. that That's unfortunate. Um, I just, I wasn't going to start there, but I just decided, I see so many people still buzzing about it, I might as well go there. And speaking of CNN, just so you know, Um, we've restarted the, not everything's political podcast, and they are, my first one is with Jake Tapper. It will come out tonight after the show. We have a long conversation, Jake Tapper of CNN, who's probably one of the most even handed fairest reporters in the land. Uh, he didn't want to be a reporter. He didn't want to be on camera. He wanted to be a cartoonist. So I've got a great conversation with Jake Tapper about, uh, cartoons, wanting to be a cartoonist, how he got into the news business. And how he handles being fair in the news of the day when everybody's yelling at him on both sides. If you want to get it, uh, text the word show to 444-999 and you will get the Jake Tapper podcast. Uh, We don't run them on the radio show. We put that on the podcast. Hi there. Again, sorry. I'm trying to pull up the call screening program. Yes, I was on Bill Maher. I'll get into that in a little bit. But we got a lot of news we got to get to, including the Amazon HQ2 that we've talked about. Georgia has put in its um, uh, its request for uh, whatever, RFP or whatever, uh, for a proposal. And I have now... I had a, a tech guy in Atlanta at the Monday Night Brewing event. Uh, but more specifically... I had a guy out in Hollywood who I was talking to who's in the tech community that Amazon is in, an executive who told me that the word on the street is that Amazon has already settled on Denver and that they had done so before putting out the uh, request from other cities that Amazon already has a lot of business in Denver. It likes Denver. Ideologically, its uh, employees would be compatible in Denver and that they were looking at Denver. Maybe not, but but this apparently is, is in the rumor mill from a lot of people that Amazon has actually settled on Denver and will be forthcoming in their announcement. Also, GQ today fired its male feminist columnist. Yes, GQ is a, is a men's magazine, and on staff they have a man who writes feminist columns. You will not be surprised to learn that the individual has been fired for sexual harassment after a reporter outed him online. Uh, Vox Media, which runs uh, RecodeVox.com, Uh, The Verge, a number of other sites, they have fired their CEO, who was also in charge of pushing feminist pieces on various websites for sexual harassment. You know, I think there's a rule of thumb now that if you are if you are a self-described male feminist, you are probably a sexual deviant who harasses people. Because it seems like we are losing by the dozen every day self-declared male feminists from media outlets who were sexually harassing women. And of course they were. In fact, I I got to let me find this email. A friend of mine sent me. Um, Where's where's his email? I I just because this is this is so perfect. He is in the industry, if you will. Uh, and he says, I have a friend who's a burlesque dancer and model. She tells me without fails she'll be in talks with male feminists about how degrading her work is towards her gender, the disservice she's doing towards women, etc. Invariably, they reach out in um, private messages requesting pictures and all sorts of other things. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, knowing... Several people who are this way, um, it it seems like every single one of them does this. That's not to say there aren't people who are self-declared family men who are doing it as well, but it just seems to be the perfect stereotype. I mean, it seems to be a a one-for-one ratio here. You call yourself a, a male feminist and you're in the media, you're probably also one of the people sexually harassing women. This issue is not going to go away. It's not. Now... When we come back, we will move on to other stuff. Uh, The president is walking back Republican plans to get rid of your 401k. Uh, There are lots of questions in Congress about Niger. I am not going to say Niger. It's Niger. I'm not going to do it. Uh, The O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly situation has taken a turn. Harvey Weinstein is not going away, though he's out of rehab quickly. Harvey Weinstein is out of rehab quicker than it took me to do like HR training for Cox Media Group. And General Kelly at the White House, does he owe Congresswoman Wilson an apology? Uh, I actually said, I was on Bill Maher the other night, and I said, yeah, General Kelly's a man of his word, he has integrity, he got the basic facts wrong, he should correct the record and apologize. Some people are unhappy with me, but those are the people who are also, many of them, they're, they're... they want to think that her motives are wrong while her friends think the president's motives are wrong. What if everyone had good intentions in this whole sordid business? We should discuss that when we come back. It's 25 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. Don't forget you can get the podcast of the show and the show notes. By texting the word SHOW to 444 you'll also get the Jake Tapper uh, non-political interview. I was on Bill Maher's show on Friday night. You know, it's very fascinating. So I have done TV now since 2009. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, it was three years at, at CNN, six years now at Fox. And you do get used to talking in sound bites to a degree. And you have to deprogram yourself in normal conversation or even here doing a monologue for a show. I mean, I I think that's one reason I can navigate this clock uh, is because I'm used to being on TV. And, you know, you get used to people talking into your ear while you're on TV in the middle of sentence without interrupting you. And uh, I, a lot of radio guys dislike that. The crazy thing about being on with Bill Maher, though, is that. They dissuade you from doing talking points because it is literally a 60-minute program. There is not a commercial break. So you are sitting there on set the entire 60 minutes having a conversation, and it was fun. And I got to admit, I was praying a great deal before I got on air because I know uh, Bill Maher does not like Christianity. He is very hostile to it. He's hostile to religion in general, um, Christianity in particular. And I knew since I was going to be there, it was probably going to come up, and it did. And it was really amazing. So you had James Carville, Margaret Hoover, me, and then there was a a guy who had an older uh, black gentleman who had made it his mission in life to befriend Klansmen. And had had a number of people leave the clan and burn their robes because of their friendship with him. Just a wonderful Christian guy, and it was amazing that uh, Bill put the f- uh, four of us in a position to be able to share the faith and defend the faith, even Carville defending the faith to uh, Bill Maher's antagonism of the faith. And he was very nice about it. Don't get me wrong; he was he was nice. He's just he doesn't care for it, and was saying that, well, the clansmen called themselves Christians and just more Christian hypocrites. And I was like, wait a second, you can't call them Christians. You know, I, I can call myself the, the King of England, and that doesn't make it so. And seeing all these guys defend the faith, there was a lot of prayer going into it. It's super nice. Um, Bill Maher was a gentleman, a just a very decent guy. I, I did not spend a ton of time with him. His entire staff were just amazingly nice people. And it was kind of funny to be in LA for the day because I got out there. It was ten in the morning or so when I landed, and it was like seventy-three degrees. The high was seventy-six that day, and now it's a, it's a furnace out there because of the Santa Ana winds, according to a buddy of mine who's out there today. But it was it was nice, um, and the show was just it's way it goes way faster. I mean, this program you guys listen to me for two hours a day, or or if I fill in for in the morning, fill in for rush or something, it's it's a three-hour show. And it goes by for me in the blink of an eye. That program, I mean, I was stunned by how quickly it felt. I mean, the theory of relativity in play, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it went by very, very quick. When we come back, one of the things I talked about on the show was John Kelly and owing an apology to the congresswoman for getting the facts wrong. I think he should. um, But I don't think we should impute bad intentions to the president in this. Well, well, well. The Mueller team is now investigating Tony Podesta, brother of John Podesta, the Democratic White House Chief of Staff, who heads the uh, what the the Center for American Progress. Uh, he's a, a Clintonista. Tony Podesta, his brother, a Democrat, looked like he teamed up with uh, Manafort to do something with the Russians or Ukrainians. Uh, suddenly, I suspect we're not going to hear a ton about Russia anymore. It is 40 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. The phone number 404 872 750 WSB Talk. Them phone lines is open. John Kelly had a brilliant press conference last week dealing with the death of LaDavid Johnson. And in that press conference he really excoriated uh, Congresswoman Wilson from Florida over her behavior and her statements. But he accused her of grandstanding at an FBI event, and she didn't. And it discredited him with a lot of people. His entire statement, a lot of people, it gave them an excuse to ignore everything he said, ...because of that one statement. And and for that reason, I think General Kelly should come out and apologize. Say he got the facts wrong on that, but everything else stands. He's sorry he got the facts wrong on that one thing, but everything else stands. And I think that would go a long way towards boosting his overall credibility. But here's the thing. So I was talking with Jake Tapper earlier today. He had a, a thread last week, and I agree with it and referenced it on Friday... On Bill Maher's show, he'd done it that day, about this whole situation. You got Democrats who think the president had bad motives and you got Republicans who think the congresswoman had bad motives. What if everybody had good motives? What if John Kelly did talk to the president about losing his son and how his son was doing what he loved and the spouses need to understand that That the soldiers were doing what they loved. This is what they were meant to do. They had a calling to do it. They would not have been a Green Beret but for that calling. And so he loved what he was doing. And the president tried to convey that sense to the wife. And the congresswoman was in the car. The call was on the speakerphone. And the congresswoman overheard the president. And didn't find him comforting And wanted to take up for the deceased's wife, who's a family friend, and went public that the president did comfort her. We now know the wife came forward today and said, the president's words did not comfort me. They made me more upset. She said that today. So we've got two issues here. We got the president really did have good intentions when he called. We got the congresswoman really did have good intentions when she tried to defend the wife. Both sides had good intentions, and what's lost in this is that we've lost four American soldiers who were doing their jobs, and we know the name of a congresswoman, we know the name of the president, we don't know their names because of the squabbling. So, there's one last bit here. Just assume, and I know many of you, myself included, listen, I think Frederica Wilson, she doesn't like the president. She had an opportunity. She did want to help the family. She had good intentions in that regard, but she, she was perfectly happy to render partisan points against the president. Let's take all that into consideration. But there's another person here, isn't there? There's the wife. Who, even if we assumed the president had good intentions, he didn't comfort her. And we don't have to know that now from the congresswoman. We don't have to know that from the, the mother. We know this from her. She said it today. You would think the White House would want to try to make that right. I think Jake Tapper is right on that. And I don't know that they can at this point. Both sides dug in their heels. And that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate as well, and this was my response to to Tapper, it's unfortunate that Congresswoman Wilson rushed to a microphone instead of rushing to the White House saying, Whoa, I, I was in the car. She didn't take it the way you probably meant it, but because she immediately assumed bad intentions by the president because she doesn't like him. This entire situation could have been avoided had the congresswoman presumed good intentions by the president instead of bad intentions and gone privately to the White House and said, y'all need to make this right. None of us would have ever known about the story, would have never exploded, And a widow who lost her husband at war probably could have found a measure of comfort from the President of the United States that she did not otherwise get. That I think is what's lost in this. And it's unfortunate. Four American soldiers were killed in Niger. We don't know all of their names because everybody's been too busy squabbling about the President and the Congresswoman. That does their death for the country a disservice. A word, if you will, on the newest Bill O'Reilly situation. You know, I, I, I would never say anything publicly, even if I had my disagreements um, with anything that happens at Cox Media, because they are my employer. And, and I, there are some people who don't do that. And, and, you know, at, at Fox, it, it can be kind of rough and tumble. And I just, I don't talk out of school when, um, Greta Van Susteren was there. She would excoriate me routinely on social media and I wouldn't say nothing back, uh, because Fox pays me. I feel like it's by the hand that feeds me the same way when I was at CNN, uh, didn't talk out of turn at CNN, uh, Bill O'Reilly is no longer at Fox. He has settled $32 million with a woman and he claims that she signed an affidavit retracting all of her accusations. Therefore, it's proof that he never harassed her or anything else. Uh, Y'all, I want to not be sexually harassed by Bill O'Reilly for $32 million. You don't pay someone a third of your net worth because you didn't do anything to them. And if you read the affidavit, I was a lawyer who helped write these affidavits for people in these situations in the past. And the affidavit reads very much like, um, I am retracting these claims now that I've got $32 million. Otherwise, I was going to keep them. But more specifically, the third paragraph of her affidavit reads like, I had claims... Uh, Not related to the stuff Bill is saying that everything was about. Uh, Emails that he allegedly sent her because she was a lawyer. Y'all, I'm sorry, but uh, conservatives trying to rehabilitate Bill O'Reilly after all this stuff, I think, is a bad thing. You would be outraged if Hollywood tried to rehabilitate Harvey Weinstein. And even if they did, it wouldn't make it right. I just, I would avoid it. I mean, the dude needs to repent. He does. can hear it you can hear it in their voices you can hear it in the coverage Yes, my friends, the Republicans are starting to worry about keeping Congress next year. There have been a number of stories I've seen among friends on Facebook and elsewhere saying, don't worry about this. Look at the money the Democrats are raising. The, the Democrats are almost bankrupt. The DNC almost bankrupt. There is a problem with the stories, though. And that is that uh, the Democratic candidates are actually out raising the Republicans in uh, the last campaign finance period, in the 40 most contested seats, the 30 of them, the Democrats, have outraised the Republicans, in some cases five to one. The average is three to one. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. I mean, Hillary Clinton obviously out-raised, uh Donald Trump. And I think that some of the polling probably ignores just how much people hate Democrats. Of course, Democrats will blame it all on redistricting. It just looks like Republicans are beginning to get worried about a wave. And they're not going to take the relaxed look at what happened with Donald Trump. He lost in all the polls, but he still won a purge because he lost the popular vote. And if a Republican loses the popular vote in 2018, he loses. And Republicans are muttering to themselves that Donald Trump doesn't understand that if he keeps doing what he's doing and he doesn't straighten up, he's going to distract voters, make them mad. The Republicans are going to lose and Democrats are going to impeach him. I don't think they can. Look, if the Democrats, let's say the Democrats do have a wave election. If the Democrats have a wave election, if, they, if the Democrats pick up every single seat in the Senate... They're still not going to, That's up for election in 2018, they're still not going to have two-thirds of the Senate, which they would need to impeach the president, to, uh, unless they can persuade some Republicans to go along with them, and I don't think they'd be able to. I mean, maybe they could. Some of the Republicans really hate the president. Ha-ha, fooled you. <laughs> My awkward pause there. Some of them really hate the president, but I don't think you could get them to do it. I, I don't think you could get the the third of Republicans, even if, if the Democrats had two-thirds, I, I don't even think some of the Democrats would vote for impeachment because there are still enough Democrats in the Senate who believe the Constitution when it says high crimes and misdemeanors. They think privately the Russia stuff is bunk. But the president's still on hard times if the Democrats get back the House and the Senate. So I think if the Democrats take back the House and or the Senate, they pretty much ensure that Donald Trump gets re-elected in 2020. And ultimately, maybe if you're a Trump person, you don't care about the GOP, that's not a bad thing for you, um, in that the president is able to win re-election by campaigning against uh, congressional Democrats, campaigning against Nancy Pelosi. You see, what we learned in the Karen Handel-John Ossoff race is that Nancy Pelosi is actually more hated than Donald Trump in parts of the country. And the polling tends not to reflect it. The polling tends to suggest that the president is the most unpopular politician in the country. That's not actually true. Meanwhile, on the Democratic side, they're beginning to do what Republicans started doing. That is, they are campaigning for moderates against their precious progressive base. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer along with the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, have decided to target Democratic primaries and back the moderates. Now, why would they do that? Because their polling shows what you already know. More and more Americans hate the left. They may not like the president. They may hate the president. But they really, really hate the Democrats. They hate the in-your-face progressives who believe that boys can become girls, who believe that, that men should be in women's bathrooms, who believe that Christians need to bake the cakes, you bigot, on and on and on and on. They don't... The American public do not like those Democrats. And they are going to rebel and see that's why I'm not sure the polling is accurate. And again, the Democrats will blame all of this on redistricting. The Democrats will say, "Well, we, the Republicans are just so safely redistricted." And again, this was never a problem when the Democrats were winning everything. The Democrats never cared about gerrymandering. Suddenly, it's a national problem. The media suddenly is outraged by it. But y'all I just I part of me thinks That You know, it's a gut-level feeling here that the Democrats are overplaying their hand. Yes, Democratic candidates are spending more money. John Ossoff outspent Karen Handel, and he still lost because Republicans had effective attacks. Those attacks were against Nancy Pelosi, and there was nothing he could do about it. They were against progressive leftists, and there was nothing he could do about it. Can you imagine if the Republicans in 2018 just started running advertisements attacking the left saying, we will leave you the heck alone. Democrats won't. We will allow you to have your local values. Even you leftists, you can have your local values, but we're not going to impose them from Washington. You want universal health care? That's fine. You go figure out how to do it in your community with your taxpayer dollars. We're not going to have Washington do it, but you can do it if you want, and we'll leave you alone. You want a sanctuary city? We don't like it. We're not coming to it. We think the illegals are going to wind up committing crimes and killing some of you, but you go on and do it if that's what you want. But we're not going to give you federal money. Let them do that. Embrace full-on hardcore federalism. Tell the left you can do whatever you want to do and we'll leave you alone as long as you leave us alone. Uh, intuitively, I think people just want to be left hell alone. And, you know, there would be a level of reassurance, I think, among the left right now with Donald Trump and the White House if Republicans just said, you know what, we're, we're going to uh, protect the national defense. We'll make sure the mail is delivered on time. And otherwise, you, you do it on your own. You do it locally. You take care of yourselves. And Donald Trump will leave you alone and stay out of your hair. I think. Some people would find that reassuring. I just, I think aggressive federalism is a way for Republicans to push back on Democrats. You can have your local values in your local community. You can keep men out of your daughter's bathroom. You don't have to participate in gay marriage. We'll leave you alone. In exchange, don't be sending pushy leftists to Congress to do one-size-fits-all amorality. 25 after the hour, I am Eric Erickson, this is WSB, you can get the podcast, you can get the show notes, get it all by texting the word show to four four 999 you'll also get the, the Jake Tapper podcast, um, y'all, Bo Bergdahl, Bo Bergdahl apparently is out there today saying that the Taliban were, were nicer, fairer, what have you. Easier to deal with in the American military. I'm sorry. I don't care. One of the, the news networks, I forget, it might have been Fox. Don't hold me to that, though. I actually did a profile of some of the soldiers who were grievously wounded trying to find Bo Bergdahl. I, my only level of upset is that Bergdahl was not charged with treason. Now, under the Constitution, it would make it difficult because of the the eyewitness requirements and whatnot, but still, Bo Bergdahl is a traitor. He ran off and he got himself captured by the Taliban and soldiers risked their lives to rescue him. And now he has the audacity to praise the Taliban in relation to the American military. I don't care who you are. You should be offended by that. You should. And then, of course, we need to pivot back real quick to this Niger story I mentioned in the first hour. There are members of Congress who are expressing surprise that we're in Niger. They had no idea why did Donald Trump send us to Niger. He didn't. Barack Obama did. We've been there since 2014. You know, one of the things that came up on Friday night with uh, Bill Maher is uh, the left wanting to say, this is our Benghazi. This is this, this is we're going to get the Republicans for this, just like they went after Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton for Benghazi, except there's no videotape on YouTube to blame it on. This was an ambush of a regular patrol and the rules of engagement were established by Barack Obama and not changed by Donald Trump. They're going to be changed now. But we couldn't fly armed drones in that airspace. We weren't allowed to by Chad. Niger wouldn't allow us either. So it, I think the left is grasping at straws here. But you, one of the things that kept coming up on the show on Friday night with Bill Maher is he and James Carville saying, "Oh, we're 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 so much nicer. Our side is so much better than the other side. We're 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 so much nicer. We're so much better. All the things we can't believe in. I just I." I couldn't get a word in edgewise to say, wait a second, you guys believe a child isn't a child until the child leaves the hospital. Don't tell me that y'all are better than us. I mean, the Republicans say the same things to themselves that these guys were saying about the Democrats, that the other side fights harder and whatnot. But this stuff, this comparison is crazy. I am on Twitter right now at E.W. Erickson tweeting out a story from Time Magazine um, that you should know about because it's not getting covered in the press uh, at all. In fact, I I had to wonder, is it a um, one of those fake news accounts? Uh, I I don't know. Um, In Sweden... There has been a series of bombings uh, that have gone on now uh, for the last week. A, this is from three days ago, this story. A powerful blast detonated overnight at a police station, uh, ripped off, ripping off the building's entrance. A dynamite-laced apartment doorway... It blew a chunk of rubble more than 250 feet away into the living room of a neighboring building, and a provincial town was put on lockdown after a suspected car bomb. There have been at least five bomb blasts or scares in Sweden since the early hours of Friday, October 13th. It's gone up to 10 in the last three days. These incidents have rocked the Scandinavian nation and have added fuel to the alt-rights campaign to use the country as a cautionary paradigm of liberal immigration policies gone astray. Nobody knows who's responsible. Uh, Some people are blaming immigrants. There have been a number of people arrested for uh, similar incidences in the past. They were all Swedish, trying to build up fear about immigration. But nobody knows who is involved in these, and they haven't made international attention. And one reason they haven't made international attention is because, if you'll remember, back in February... President Trump talked about an incident and he said last night in Sweden, and no incident actually had happened. And yet, a lot of people believe, bought a conspiracy theory that was circulated by the Russian trolls that there actually had been a terrorist attack in Sweden and it was being covered up by people to avoid uh, blaming uh, Muslims. There was no incident but there have been a series of incidents of late uh, a number of bombings around the country and nobody is talking about them nobody it is not making international it's not making national news in sweden you should know something's going on there keep an eye on it keep an eye on it we will see there's also there's a story by Molly Ball and I linked to it on Twitter and it'll be in the morning uh, email if you want it you can text the word show to 444-999. Molly Ball at the Atlantic has been traveling around some of those um, third way people. They're the the Democrats who don't want you to think of them as Democrats, they're the moderate Democrats who who they 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 don't think corporations are bad. They want gun control, but they're they kind of believe that oh, if only the parties wouldn't cater to the extremes, we could all get along. And they've traveled all over the country, and they've been listening. They've been on a listening tour because because liberals love to listen, especially liberals who believe they're moderate. They love to listen, and what they're finding is that there are a lot of people in this country who have very strongly held beliefs that are irreconcilable with each other. They don't want to get along with each other. They just want to be left to their own devices. And they just, they, they don't know what to do. These, these moderate liberals who can't admit they're liberal, they don't know what to do with this. That They're hoping to find common ground, but where's the common ground? You, you know, I, and I mentioned this earlier, I just, I keep thinking federalism. You, you've got these people with irreconcilable differences, some of them within the same state. Um, Molly was following the, these these third-way people while they were going through Wisconsin. And I can't help but reading this article and thinking, you, you know, if you guys, if you just leave people alone, leave them alone. The, the hippies want to live in, in hippieville, let them live in hippieville. If they want a co-op where they pull their money to help each other with insurance, let them. If they want to buy it over state lines together, let them. But leave people alone. And neither side really wants to do that. But I, I really do think it's the left. And it was funny listening to Bill Maher and James Carville talk about how the right fights and the left doesn't and, and the right's ruthless and the left isn't. And I'm thinking, uh, you guys haven't been paying attention. I mean, we live in different worlds. But I really do think that there is a stronger movement on the left right now that uh, thinks that the arc of history has been in their direction. Donald Trump was a fluke and everybody better get on board the program or else. And I just don't think that that's a viable solution. I think that will breed contempt with people over time. I think we're seeing this. That's why I don't think we can necessarily believe the polls that show Republicans are going to get wiped out next year because we're underestimating people's animosity towards this my way or the highway liberalism, progressivism, whatever you want to call it. But I read this profile by Molly and I just kept thinking Federalism. Just let everybody have their local community and, and not impose each other's values. And if you want to have gay marriage and, and abortion out in California and we don't in Georgia, we'll, we'll eventually breed them out of existence. But as long as they're here, let them do it. I don't care. Just leave me alone. It is 54 minutes past the hour. One of the other interesting conversations I had out in uh, Hollywood was the Harvey Weinstein situation. And I literally talked to not a single person and I talked to a lot of people, but I talked to not a single one of them who thought the situation in Hollywood would improve uh, with Weinstein gone. Uh, And uh, to be blunt with you, there will always be women happy to sleep with a man to get ahead of her peers And there will always be a man gladly, willing, and able to sleep with that woman um, and then pretend to get her ahead. There will always be, as long as there are sinners on the planet, there will be. And as a result, there will be men who, because of those women, then decide that they can be emboldened to encourage other women to do the same who may not want to. There's, this is never going to change. There will always be people in power. And, you know, what is left unsaid is that there are women in Hollywood who behave just like Harvey Weinstein. Now, I know you, you, you're not supposed to know that. You're, you're not supposed to know. Only the men do it, except that's not true. It happens with women as well. There are women who are miscreants out there who do this sort of stuff. And none of it's going to change. The lack of exposure, the lack of people coming forward, the lack of people naming names... The situation is going to be as it is, uh, and it, it doesn't matter. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now Harvey Weinstein is making movies and all the people who covered up for him and denied it and then admitted it and said what a terrible person he is. I'm sure they'll all be patting him on the back, telling him what a great job he's done. Uh, it's going to be curious to see at the Oscars this coming year and the Golden Globes if there are any Harvey Weinstein jokes. Will he show up? That that'll be the question. But the the number of people that I talk to, it really is staggering uh, how pessimistic they are about the culture of Hollywood. And this is just, there's the pedophilia scandal as well that everybody's covering for, and everybody says they know who it is, and nobody names names that either. So don't expect the situation to get cleaned up. What we're just going to have is a bunch of Hollywood liberals morally preening at the rest of America moving forward on oh, particularly you know if donald trump gets reelected in 2020 oh my lord the meltdown of moral preening from hollywood will be off the chains i just uh oh, well we can we can always dream can't we <laughs> all right folks you can get the podcast and the show notes and the email by texting show to 444-999 and i will see you guys tomorrow